Hello there. Oh, hi there. Oh, hello. You're listening to Double Digital Radio. I am Ricardo Deacon. I am Orlando Vines. And this is the Recommendation Game, a film of the week podcast where we take turns to pick a movie that the other person hasn't seen. We watch it separately and meet to discuss it. This week's film was chosen by Orla. It is from 1971. Mm, good vintage. Uh, Little Murders. Uh, the synopsis is Patsy and Alfred meet when she rescues him from a beating on the crime-ridden streets of New York City. That's before, like, uh, what's his face? The mayor of New York uh, guy that didn't provide. Um, never mind. Um Giuliani? What? Yeah, like he supposedly <laughs> cleaned up the city. Giuliani in the 90s? Uh, Patsy and Alfred meet when she rescued him from a beating on the crime-ridden streets of New York City. Patsy is immediately taken aback by Alfred's apathetic approach to life, which is in stark contrast to her ardent optimism. She pursues and ultimately marries him in the hopes of changing him. However, after a devastating and random act of violence, Alfred and his in-laws descend further into the insanity and violence that surrounding them. So, cast and crew is directed by Alan Arkin, mm-hmm. produced by Jack Brodsky, written by Jules Pfeiffer, starring Elliot Gould, Marcia God, Vincent Gardinia, Elizabeth Wilson, John Corks, John Randolph, Doris Roberts, Donald Sutherland, Lou Jacobi. Did you say Donald Sutherland? Donald Sutherland. <laughs> Lou Jacobi. Get it right. It's a great performance. Alan Arkin. And music by Fred Cass. Cinematography by Gordon Willis. Yeah. Edited by Howard Cooperman. So, Orla, why did you pick Little Mortars? 1971 Gordon Willis uh well I see your 1980s shouting and I raise you 1971 shouting um (laughs) this film is bananas and I fucking love it um yeah I feel like this is like I was thinking about like being there and I was like this is kind of what being there could have been um (laughs) this is I think another example I was trying to think of the last uh prominent example of a movie that should not work for me uh being based on a play you know it's loud actory monologue um but yeah kind of like last week's movie um like if I think if this film gets its claws into you uh, it doesn't let go. Basically, <laughs> you get kind of embroiled in the claustrophobia and the the kind of the main the mania, the hysteria of it. It's a film that kind of builds and builds on itself, and and I think it has some absolutely just wonderful scenes. Um, but yeah, I think like as an examination of like a very particular point in time of like seventies New York before <laughs> quite a while before it was cleaned up, um, like the claustrophobia and the paranoia of the early seventies. Like I love the upset, like <laughs> the many mentions that there are to like wiretapping and being under surveillance by the government and stuff. I love that because it's nineteen seventy one. Um, yeah, but as well, like how people adapt to such a like tense and shocking environment, like the bland acceptance of something like that. Um, and like how people end up so apathetic, <laughs> but also like the way, like the two contrasting ways that the main characters deal with it, um, like one through sort of like blind pessimism, another through blind optimism, kind of like in their own way of adapting to this sort of like horror show of life that they exist in. Um, and it makes me think as well, kind of like the modern apathy of like 
right now is probably not the best example, but say like how people felt about climate change five years ago. Uh, but I think like Ebert described this film as a, <laughs> a definitive reflection of one of America America's darker moods, which I was like, oh, Ebert. <laughs> like we talk a lot about you know how a lot of like every so often he'd come up with a very very good line i think that's a very good description like um, his review for this is particularly good i think yeah uh, yeah like uh, i i would recommend anybody that is interested in film criticism to to read the review purely as a as a piece of criticism to yeah. see what it can be kind of thing considering as or well that it's 1971 because that's mm. early ebert is like when yeah. he was finding his legs still like because he started in the Tribune, I think, in '68. So mm. it's one, probably one of the earliest, really great pieces that on he's the, written. on his website. Yeah, probably. I didn't think about that. How early this actually is? Yeah, yeah. Because it's funny. I read the um, because the New York Times is a really great archive. Um, just on their website, so you can go the whole way back, and they have the original. But they they'll show you like the printout of where it was in the paper and stuff as well, which is really nice. Um, which was it's an it's an odd. It's not. I can't remember who the critic was, but um, not a great like, review when you compare it to the Ebert one as in as a piece of writing. But um, it's interesting as well. I like reading them from the time. But I, if as an interest as well, I love reading reviews from the nineteen forties that the Hollywood <laughs> Reporter every so often puts like the original review of. Like a star is born, yeah, and stuff like that, and it's so matter of fact. It's like uh, kind of like no into the technical parts, <laughs> whatever. It's like no it's idea not, of flow yeah. or whatever. It's, it's not like, criticism. It's just an extended synopsis. Um, yeah, I, I just some like this thing about whatever you can say about people like Ebert or Kermode or whatever. Like when they're on form, it's like mm, it's a very enjoyable, enjoyable thing. And like one of the arguments that can be made for you know like criticism of anything of that. Like a lot of time, it's just you know very good writing. But um, yeah, I really I feel like this is a film that you should know and love. Um, <laughs> just like the, like me or <laughs> you, know, you, yeah. Well, anyone, but you in particular. Like it was funny. Like when I was watching the last day, I seen about um, oh what a lovely war. Oddly enough, of, of of it's a kind of examination of like the folly of man and like the the apathy towards like horrifying situations as well, and apathy towards violence and the kind of flippant nature of violence and stuff. Um, like it's it's such like it's an aggressive satire, but there's there's a sort of like you you feel affection for the characters as well, and I I do think that the 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 one scene of like particular violence I think is quite startling and and quite emotional, um, but yeah, it's also I think crucially really funny, like I I laugh out loud at this film, which is something that you can't always say for satire, but this it's it's a combination of the writing and the delivery of the lines and. It's just, it's like, whenever they're on the horses and like Elliot Gould writes off, he's like, I don't know what love is. Like, it's just, I, I, he's not like, um, her dad, I like, such a good performance, but it's, he's so funny. He's just like, don't call me dear. Like, Carol. The whole, the whole thing of like, like, I sit down and I'll tell you about our dead brother, Steve. Like, it's, so dark but it's just the delivery of it it's like but i won't bore you with our tragedy like that it's it's and the, the constant like of the sound of the of the blackouts of the it's oh i i fuck it's line after line hilarious but it's such dark humor i think though it's funny how 
from from like Americans' perspective of this movie, they think it's darker than it is. I don't know what that says about like you know my certain mentality, but I think even uh, especially after watching this again after fucking possession. Um, but yeah, I mean, like there there are standout moments in this. Like I obviously the wedding, like Sutherland is just. <laughs> Because what I love about it is that whenever he's introduced, you don't immediately, well, I don't know if you did, but you don't immediately recognize him. You're kind of like, oh, it's just like the, one of my favorite moments in this when the mother walks out. Like, I love the dinner party as well. Like when he comes over and they're trying to like sort of placid, like pleasantly grill him. And it just, it's, it's just, it it just builds and builds and builds this film. I, I just, I love it. And it, ha- it has a, fantastic last line as well it's like where the mother's like you know know, for a while there i was really worried freeze frame credits like it's oh it's just fantastic um i I do think the performances are like universally great um like i love elliot gould anyways but this is it's a it's a hard line i think for him to thread in this movie um i think she's brilliant as well i think she has one of the great voices i just i love like how quickly like I mean <laughs> kissing you is like kissing Brie <laughs> this is so good like it's it's just it's it's almost like a tight it's like a farce but it's just it's so funny um yeah also like I mean Gordon Willis I mean like you know how I say it's funny that he's like the prince of darkness shooting like scenes in a blackout as well I giggled to myself when I thought of that um <laughs> <laughs> I also quite like the soundtrack. It's got that kind of seventies little bit jazzy kind of boo 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 boo. Um, you can imagine and... like a Chris Corsoff or some track. <laughs> yeah, just, exactly. Like uh, it reminded me of uh, <laughs> of Fat City at times. The like soundtrack. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Actually, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, same era. Um, but yeah, I just like. I I'm like because I've only seen this once before, and I watched it again the other day, and like the the her death scene, I like we'll we'll get to it and everything, but yeah, like it, it's the fact of their like interaction before that where he's like talking about like you know worshiping her, and it's just it gets me, and I I I find this movie oddly like pleasant somehow as well. I I I yeah I don't know I don't know what odd fucking crazy head I have, but um. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot to unpack here as well because it like it's it's an odd like movie, but uh, yeah, I just I don't know. I was thinking about this film and I was like, no, Ricardo should at least have seen this, even if he doesn't like it. <laughs> so, <laughs> without further ado, Ricardo, what did you think of? I was about to say Fat City. <laughs> Little Murders. I don't know why I can't remember the name Little Murders. It's just a weird. I don't know. Like I think it's a bad title. It is a bad title. Yeah, like um, ah, how can I put this? Uh. I I liked it, but I think that I should have like I. Strangely enough, I think that even though I know you disagree with me because I know what your opinions of theater is, but I think it would have. Hey, no. I think that it it would have the I can see it working better as a play than as a movie. Yeah. Uh, per- I'm not a I'm not against that idea. I think that, like, just as theater works and the the idea of, like, the... Because I what, think in, in the trying... play, it all takes place in, in her apartment or something. Or I think it's all contained within one place. Yeah, know? it's... Uh, the city is exterior. And also, it's, like, the that idea of how, like, everything is 
pretty much in interiors anyways in this movie the um, exactly. the claustrophobia <laughs> being there with you know even though i watched it without like taking any breaks or whatever but it still feels like you can get away with it from it mm. but like i don't know if watching in the cinema will give you the same experience but i think it that perhaps is uh i i, I didn't know that about alan arkin being um involved in it the original play the original yeah. play uh, but I think it's it might have been a too close adaptation. It feels even though like the cinematography is great because it's Gordon Willis, mm. the staging itself feels very play like. Mm. Um, that at moments I was like, yeah, this feels like watching a. It, it's like watching Fences, the Denzel Washington movie. The cinematography <gasps> is great. Uh, oh, do you think it's that stagey? Yeah, like if you, but, but in a in a bad way, in the way it is with Fences. Well, like not a, perhaps as bad. Fences is just a bad movie. <laughs> but uh, I I think the 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 thing with um with this as well is that there's a movie that is very that I didn't know that before watching this, but it's clearly very 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 influenced by this, mm. but does everything that this movie does better. So I don't know how much I can blame this movie, but seeing a doc in New York, uh, and you even have like the the monologue with the priest and stuff. Yeah. But like the idea of like the building up of like society and stuff, they're talking about similar concepts about alienation and yeah. optimism and pessimism and uh, like uh, apathy and how to break through your apathy and stuff like that. How that's such a good. I didn't think I haven't seen that film in so long, but I'd love to watch it now. Yeah, having this so fresh in my mind. But it, it, you get com- the the yeah. and I think I love seeing the docky New York so much because how it was able to also, do that with the most. Yes, of course. But coming back to this movie, uh, for one, I love Donald Sutherland again, like doing the same part as in Cinadoc in New York. The, <laughs> Kind of out there, pre <coughs> talking the truth, not mentioning the deity. Uh, love the, the way deity. that love the way that he's like. It's so weird that Donald Sutherland turned into like the the straight man. Yeah. Because you even see like, have you seen Kelly's Heroes? No. Kelly's Heroes is a movie from like 1972 or something. With uh, Donald Sutherland is just like to me uh, <laughs> pointing in mad eyes Kelly's Heroes is a movie starring uh, Telly Savalas and Clint Eastwood that they're like uh, World War 2 soldiers that decide to go behind enemy lines to rob a French gold bank and uh, Donald Sutherland <laughs> is the tank commander that they just like meet on the way and they like bribe him to like help them take the the bank down it's like a like a heist movie in world war ii it's the most 70s this thing rich, ever rich with tangents but the thing is that donald sutherland in that movie <laughs> he's meant to be like a world war ii soldier but he's playing the same character as he is in this movie like <laughs> 1970s oh. hippie kind of like he has long hair oh. and a beard like in the ta- with, the, with the little tank hats you know like the the little with the flaps over the years so it's a uh, <laughs> little tank hat. It's hilarious that like, he was so uh, synonymous with the uh, like um, counterculture at the time <laughs> that like they would hire him in a World War Two movie to represent counterculture. <laughs> the, oh wait, wait, wait! We need the counterculture. <laughs> yeah, like, let's bring Donald in. 
the then when he became like the the straight man kind of thing but i, I do like the his 90s veer to like really bad b movies like virus where <laughs> like uh, jamie lee curtis like that is an awful movie but it's amazing oh um, god the trajectory of donald Sullivan's career is not something that i am well aware of and i'm glad that i know that now <laughs> Of even to be aware of the existence of the movie Virus. Like, and I love Elliot Gould. Mm. Like, I'm probably one of the few like Elliot Gould fans. Like, I, The Long Goodbye is one of my favorite films of all time, and mm. it's again another tangent. One of my things that I miss about DVD shops and DVD buying that I bought the DVD based on the last lines and the synopsis and back in the DVD <laughs> that it was like so pulpy. It Just was go like, to Tire Records, man. That it, Have it, a look around. That it said like, oh, in LA, uh, the Philip Marlowe finds out that in LA, if uh, love means violence, friendship means murder. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm buying this. But it's like a Robert Altman movie. It was like before uh, I of knew it or whatever. Like, uh, <coughs> It is an like I love Elliot Gould like even uh, uh, Bridge Too Far that he has like this most amazing like no, comedic for line for me like because for a lot of people it'll be like Friends, Friends or yeah. whatever but for me it was Ocean's Eleven yeah that was probably one of the first things like where I would have real you know known who he was or whatever and like just the whole room things like... love Elliot Gould I uh, love his performance in this mm-hmm. uh, I really liked her performance in this movie as well mm. uh, I don't really know her. Uh, me neither yeah. this is pretty much but like i liked it she has a very like Catherine hepburn yeah uh, thing but she's, going on she's able for the dialogue yeah. you know what i mean like she's she's knocking it out and it's just the delivery of it yeah though like her all the scenes with her and her parents i love as well because like they're both so great and it's them playing off each other is just yeah. oh i love those scenes i did like that it was like it's written uh, as a screwball comedy but it's actually a satire so like uh, <sighs> I I really liked a lot of the movie, mm. uh, but I, as an overall package, I l- was left wanting. Let's say, okay. like even thematically, like uh, like anything written nineteen seventy one, it's like an allegory to Vietnam and the societal breakdown that is mm. happening in America at the time. Uh, the like uh, uh, I like I prefer. Like the the problem is that I find that it, the the Elliot Gould not only the performance but the actual like uh, um, where the movie actually succeeds in thematically uh, when you leave like the the judge and the the two soliloquies uh, the the judge and the minister mm. I found them like both like really interesting and great and also like a, a, a very sharp comment on American. Uh, uh, law and society that <laughs> the minister doesn't refer to God but the judge does, does yeah. and so much like so many times and so much oddly appropriate for our current times yeah and like so much is to be said about separation of church and state etc mm. um, so it, like those two parts were amazing also the wedding scene reminded me of the wedding scenes in Donbass the, the there's a uh 
Ukrainian uh, movie about like the occupied zone by the Russians and mm. it's been famous there was like this really crazy wedding and in the movie there's like a really crazy wedding and like it reminded <laughs> me of like Soviet occupied Ukraine it's um, he's like running after her it's Good. But like I, 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 and the 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 fight at the end, of the those two scenes are great, and I love how like even the way that they're shot and the idea, that, uh, like again, it's like it's when the movie goes bigger, mm. when it becomes less play like, <clears throat> you know, like uh, it became better. Even when it comes out, it's working better. Like even how the police is like quieting the wedding that came before when they're getting there, or. Uh, even the same way he's it's a in very the, um, New York movie not just from thematically but yeah. even just of like the locations that are chosen and stuff and when it is outside you can like smell it <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, like uh, I find it extremely weird when they're walking around Central Park and they mm-hmm. walk through the same benches as in the when uh, Dustin Hoffman teaches his son how to ride a bicycle in the Kramer versus Kramer <laughs> <laughs> and I was like this is what happens when yeah like... they use the same places all the time but it, it, it's really freaky <laughs> it's because the it's the one zone of yeah. pathway that's allocated for it's films. where the the drug dealers weren't fucking messing around at the time like it's it's where Tom Hanks met. <laughs> but again, coming back, um, when it comes to like thematic, because satires are built and um, built around what things. they're satirizing. Yeah, <laughs> it's the same as let's say uh, Doctor Strange Love. That would be like the easiest comparison of what this movie is trying to do. Yeah, it's probably better than my just getting my digs in it being there. Yeah, it's the. Uh, yeah, it's not like digging straight at it and it's not making fun and it's funny but not in the, like making jokes. There's no rooms for laughs or whatever. It's not like uh, like a breakfast for champions kind of like mm. scenario. But I think that the Elliot Go- if you take those two other scenes out, is that the what well, Which uh, scenes? Uh, like the priest and the minister. Mm. Is that sorry, the judge and the minister. So if you take those two scenes out that are very great kind of uh, all-round critique of American society, is that Elliot, what Elliot Gould's character represents and what the movie's t- telling you about his character mm. is a lot more effective than the other characters. That I, I felt that at the, <clears throat> especially after a little while, that her character became very one-note. And not yeah, her and performance is so as, great as well because her parents are kind of doing the same thing yeah. in a way. So is that all of them are doing <clears throat> the same thing? Her parents are basically like a unit that I appreciated, but at the same time they're part of the unit. Yeah, you know, like in own time they're like they're really differentiated as separate characters. Have I'm arrested? And the 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 brother, uh, I really. Felt that that was completely mishandled. Yeah, I don't really get uh, the brother either. Uh, I think that it also like uh, watching him with a modern eye. It's like cle- like clearly mm. depicting somebody that has really severe mental health condition. Yeah, as the, a joke. Uh, yeah, it doesn't like, work. The, and the movie is not laughing with him; it's laughing at him. Yeah. Look uh, how fucked up this kid is. Uh, her family is crazy. Mm. Uh, and it's not like. Uh, like with her if it was just her or somebody kind of like her like it reminded me of uh, how well 
the same kind of dynamic is played in Annie Hall mm. with uh, Christopher Walken. <gasps> Dwayne. Yeah, that, you know what I mean? That is, <laughs> Dwayne has to drive him to Yeah, that is, he's talking Sometimes about like... Sometimes when I'm driving alone at night, I see headlights from an oncoming car. <laughs> so like, if you... I ha- find the urge, dude. <laughs> Um, uh, that's Christopher Walken's first role I yeah, think yeah I yeah. think so like, like when then he got like pipped for uh, Deer Hunter and again he's amazing at that like uh, I think it, it's it, crazy partly it's the performance that is a little bit too big but yeah. I, I think that the movie's better when it's with the two of them but because Elliot Gould's character has an arc and hers doesn't mm. Because her entire arc is going like realizing that she can't change him, but she still doesn't change her approach. Yeah. And in the end, she does change him. Yeah. So it's kind of like in time to be like dramatically killed. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I think, but like as you were gonna say, like her performance is so great that that you love her. Grating. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah. Like, uh, because the thing about it is that she, it's not just such a great performance. I think she has a great presence because even from like the. The opening scene whenever she's like making her like mad coffee or whatever yeah like there's something she's quite physical as a performer and i just like even whenever she's in his studio and she's like flicking through the and then you know at this point you don't know that they're pictures of like dog shit and um <laughs> remind me to talk to my mother about that um <laughs> uh but uh and like just it's i just i love her her manner, the way she holds herself in, yeah. in that scenario, because at that point you're not quite aware that she's a bit, you know, nuts. She's just yeah. maybe a bit, you know, she's a bit prim. You know, she, you think she's a little bit like, you know, like a control freak or whatever. And I just, I love then whenever, like the scene when they're on the horses, not least because when the scene when they go horse riding, the sound effect that they use like the foley or whatever for like the clop clip clop of the horses is so bad oh the sound effects in this movie are terrible (laughs) but that in particular is so bad but it's like when they're closing doors it it feels like walking on the street it's so bad but i mean it's 1971 we have talked enough about bad adr or bad dubbing or bad whatever you know what i mean like yeah but half of them are italian movies that they actually don't record the audio when you compare that to like um you know the conversation or something obviously well that's a movie about recording sound yeah. so that'd be pretty bad if those sound was bad but you know at the same time this movie kind of gets away with it but um yeah it but is disappointing that whenever you have gordon willis as a cinematographer it's like mm. but that's the thing is that like i think that the biggest issue of the movie and i hate to say it mm. is that alan arkin directed it that scene where he's talking about like his creative process and his creative life and stuff is so good but it's so interspersed moments like that within mm. the movie. That's why I think that, like, in the play scenario, it would have worked better. Because you feel like him. Because there will be more on top of it. It's it's more claustrophobic. Yeah. It's th- that is almost a movie feels that is in between two things. That they've done a lot to try to make the movie cinematic. Do you think... I keep going to say Alan Alda. Alan Arkin, I go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> um, you think because is it because he's an actor or because he was involved in the original play or that he was a theater actor or what? What? Like, well, like it could be that is. Uh, I think this is his directorial debut. Is it could be that is his directorial debut, mm-hmm. but I think also because uh, he's a theater actor that like. Not to, like, again, I'm not shitting on the movie because I did enjoy it, but I think that it, it could have been elevated. Again, bringing Strangelove, 
to the equation that you get like somebody that okay not everybody's fucking Stanley Kubrick Strange Love Doctor Strange oh sorry <laughs> oh sorry <laughs> like, what the, it, is, it has so many like bold directorial choices that I think like this movie uh, have you seen um, uh, uh, was it the, the movie with um, the guy uh, staying uh Thank you for calling. Thank you for Smoking. your service. Uh, sorry to bother you. Yes, that was it. Uh, the sorry to bother you is uh, to a lesser extent. What is it's a lot muddier. What it's trying to say, and uh, at some points, a lot more on the nose than this movie. Mm. That I wouldn't like necessarily be drawn to it. Like. Uh, uh, I went to watch it with Alex and I remember coming out and saying like... You saw it in the cinema, yeah? Yeah, I saw it in the cinema. Uh, He's really good though, I really like him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wait, He's in Atlanta as well. I'll say what's his He's name. He's also in that Netflix movie Without You. Lake Keith Stanfield. Yeah, he's uh, really good. Give him his dues. Like he's uh, he's great in it, but like as a, as a film... Uh, Swings a little bit more to the fence. It's a lot messier than this. Mm. Perhaps as a film, is not as good. But you but admire sat- the bravery. But also as a satire, it's like uh, watching that versus Get Out. Mm. Get Out is a far more accomplished movie, quote unquote. But I left, uh, sorry to bother you, with a lot more thinking to be made about mm. like society or whatever. It's not as one-to-one, let's say. But uh, this movie shares its, like, let's throw the kitchen sink towards it. But sorry to bother you with what it seems to be a quite small budget but for what they're trying to do. Mm. It, it does uh, take very, like, uh, very bold decisions directorially. Mm. That I think that even when they don't work, they're an asset to the movie. Because they never veer to the side of really not working. Well, this movie doesn't have that. That mm. even like shots that I went, yeah, that's a really nice shot. That is like there's like one of the scenes I think where the, one of the one of the blackouts is happening. The the camera just keeps panning from people person to person, and then it's really uh, creepy. Has a, you have the 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 uh, the ensemble blocking and stuff like that mm. but i think is that no point considering like again the what we've watched from the 70s uh let's say uh the conversation that at the time i had my issues with the movie mm. i still have but i still think like francis Ford coppola directed the hell out of the movie you mm. know i think it's more thematically Even with the, the mo- weird dream scene yeah like oh, jesus <laughs> yeah it's like the penguin scene in batman returns again <laughs> But it, this movie kind of felt uh, like it left the script or the performances do the work. Mm. When it could have been... Like, even when they're shooting outside or whatever, you know, like, it could have been, like, manic, you know? Like, you have... You don't see them shooting, whatever. It feels all very mannered. Mm. And, uh, like, that, it's not particularly standard coverage. And even when it is standard coverage, it's standard coverage done by Gordon Willis. Oh. So it's still, like, really good to look at. Mm. But I don't think that it... it like when it goes to the exterior shots uh, it, it does better <clears throat> but when it's inside it feels very set yeah it feels very like outside it feels like a new york movie mm. when it's inside it feels like yeah we're in the play again and i think that 
I, it's funny how I, I didn't have a problem with that. And like, I, it's hard to know that like of how much of it is, you know, obviously like having, because like based on a play, but also the fact of like wanting it to feel mannered because of the way that like, particularly like her, her parents are and everything. So how much of that is stylistic choice, but then also not being brave enough. Is that, you know, it's is, like is it that you don't have to go balls to the wall, but mm, there's no. You did compare it to sorry to bother you, though. To be fair. <laughs> yeah, but what I mean is that, like, if you compare this, let's say the dinner scene with the bird cage with the remake with Robin Williams, mm. that is like odd, whatever. But like, uh, but is that the dinner scene when it's like balls to the wall mm. like even the punctuation within shots or whatever gives you information that it's like on the dec- like there's no crazy shots mm. but like they're cuts that add meaning to the movie mm. there's no moment in this movie that i thought that a shot besides the information that the shot is providing mm. but there wasn't any thing of the you know how sometimes in the novel like the way a sentence is phrased it's giving you the same information as another way to phrase it. Mm. But it's giving you a complete different perspective on it. Yeah. You know, and I think that like <clears throat> in cinema, there's so much of that. It's like edits and cuts like for the great movies yeah. or whatever. And, yeah, and, and the way of like when we talk about a film where it's like they used every, every brush, yeah. they every part yeah. of it. Because there's so many aspects that make up a film, yeah. they used every fucking thing to their advantage. And then again, if you go again to Strange Love, you might be right about editing, maybe. Yeah. That there's no like cuts there adding anything to it. There's no like in Strange Love when uh, Peter Sellers is talking to ah, uh, what's his name now? Ah, uh, fuck. Uh, I'll hate myself for not remembering his name. But he plays Jack D. Ripper, General Jack D. Ripper. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the the camera is like really low down. The lighting is so like yeah. it's adding like this pressure that then you feel like Peter Sellers' character trying to like talk sense to this guy One talking. Of Peter Sellers' characters. Yeah, uh, about like body fluids or even the scene when Peter Sellers is talking to Dimitri, like mm-hmm. the Russian president. And he's like, "Yes, Dimitri, we're both sorry." We're both equally sorry. And it's just holding that camera there mm. for long enough to become uncomfortable. And you actually start hearing and seeing in your head the scene that is happening on the other side of the phone. Even though you don't know, like, you haven't seen Dimitri. Yeah. You haven't seen. There's no moment in this movie that escalated beyond what's on the script and the performances. Mm. And that's what I mean about direction, that I think that it's, everything is really well done. The editing doesn't call attention to itself. Mm-hmm. It's not jumping. It's not bad. It's yeah, no. great. It's yeah. serviceable. <clears throat> the shooting is beautiful. But, like... Yeah, well, it's the difference between, like... Because, okay, we're going to take Gordon Willis, like, okay, let's not take Parallax for you. Let's take all the President's Man and Alan Jake Bakula. And the difference of how, like, using the same cinematographer, but being able to, like, elicit tension through how you, like, shape each scene. Yeah. Like, because it's another movie that has great performances, completely different genre or whatever, but, like, that's a movie that's, like, considerably longer than this and maintains a, a certain level of tension yeah. through great direction. So, yeah. Or even, like, The Godfather, uh, yeah. the, like, the last scene in The Godfather. Movie, well, like, well, like seeing as a movie is perhaps equal to all the President's Men, but mm. I'm more interested in the topic of the, of the President's Men, but so it, it carries it a little bit. But as a movie, I think that it's there, like, it thematically, it's the perfect and stuff. But, like, the last 
scene in The Godfather when like they're closing the door, or whatever. It's like almost speechless, whatever. And it's the cinema. Mm. That's why the movie's better than the book, <laughs> because he uses that. He uses the tools of cinema to like enhance it. Yeah. And I think that even though it's not as bad as Fences. In the sense of like, <laughs> I can't believe you compared it to Fences. By the no, way. But it, even but, though I think no, that it is actually a good example because that's like the worst that a movie can be. Yeah. In uh, as a as a like. No, I, I still really liked Fences because I really liked the play by August Wilson and it's yeah. really well performed. Like but it's not a movie. Is the it, yeah. it, it like if it got released as one of those NBC live plays that they're doing lately mm. and stuff, I would have like eaten it up like crazy. But I think it's trying to sell it as a movie. It's kind of... But it reminded me a bit of like Brooklyn Still, Robert De Niro's first directorial, like his directorial debut. His first director. Uh, I have not seen it. it, I do have a certain fascination though with how actors' directorial debuts debuts disappear and like they're like created and then ignored. I find that fascinating. <clears throat> yeah, Al Pacino has one because they're usually shit. But you know, Al Pacino still... has one called Two Bits in Sepia. Is this our only our second actor directorial debut after Wildlife? Yeah, probably because we've done other actor directors, uh, including uh, The Postman. <laughs> <laughs> Not his directorial debut. No, no, his directorial oh. debut was actually a great movie, which I is The Dances with Wolves. Spent. All right. I actually. What? Spent... what do you mean? All right. <laughs> but I spent like a good portion of my day today because exp- someone asked me, um, had I seen Draft Day? And I said, no. And I was like, well, you know, is Kevin Costner the coach? Oh, of course he is. Well, you know what else is a great, uh, you know, lesser seen, more recent Kevin Costner coach movie, but Farland USA. And that while we're at it, movie. why would you not just watch The Guardian? And I, I literally, and Paul's like, oh my God, it's a whole sub- subgenre. I was like, it's not a subgenre, it's a genre, Paul. Kevin Costner, um, even it has dips, <laughs> it has everything, it has new well, age. No, right? it's a genre, but there's a subgenre for baseball. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe a subgenre for football, I don't know. It's a Venn um, diagram, yes. Well, um, McFarland in USA technically can be kind of the American football, football one because, because he's he a starts, football coach at the yeah. start. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, <laughs> but like, I know. I, I like honestly, I agree with everything you're saying because I, I love this movie. But at the same time, it's like uh, I, I find it like I'm. I find it easier to you know I don't hate theater by the way yeah. stop telling people that I hate theater that's not the, that's not the case it's you just do I don't hate theater when I was just... the last time that you went to a play and enjoyed I don't go to plays then you don't like theater no it's not that it's just there are so many other things that I like like yeah, culturally but... that I would rather do like watch movies or go to gigs or whatever yeah, but, but is that you don't if like... I have the opportunity to like go to the theater where it's like this is you know what I mean like I will go and enjoy it but it's just it's not high on my to-do list yeah but my point is that like, i don't like musicals uh, a lot yeah like that that you do hate <laughs> but i think that it, it, i just don't like them but when it comes to i'm, the, I'm rishi okay but like i don't think i have a problem with that per se but like with theater is that it's like the thing is that um, like i said with this being the theater play I don't have a problem with it because I enjoyed it because i like theater you know, i think that like that, that, that's why i like this movie um because it is an example of a movie that it is quite like th- like theatrical, let's say anyway, but that I still like it, and that's why I'm quite open to the discussion of the idea of like 
like is this would this be better just watching it on stage or not because you know I, i'm kind of like i'm open to it within within this particular i don't know if it's the play or if it's the era or if it's the performers i don't know what it is but I find that it's a very like open topic for me with this movie. No, so. it, 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 Everything it you're saying, great. I'm like, yeah. But, but if you watch Carnage again, that it's it very great. play-like. Yeah. But because it's... I haven't actually seen Carnage. Carnage is great. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and what this they is do the is... black and white... No, Carnage is the one with Kate Winslet and uh, oh, Christoph Waltz. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is that that black and white? And, no, uh, I'm thinking of the one with Killian Murphy, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, like... Then in Carnage, it's like that they use the idea, like being able to be really tight to people's face mm. to edit the text down. Mm. Because there are lines that you don't need that is in the text of the play. Yeah. The, uh, it would be their kind of thing. You know, it's the same as like another really, really, really good, very play-like adaptation of a play that transcends it is Glengarry Glen Ross. Yeah. Uh, and I think very heavy on the dialogue very heavy on the dialogue because it's a Michael Mamet fucking play mm. so like it's always gonna be <laughs> heavy on the dialogue but I, uh, I think that like that movie really gets the idea like getting in there that you forget that you're watching people yeah and I think that this movie I don't know it feels I think like and I'm just saying this at the top of my head that I just thought about it okay okay call me crazy but I think that Gordon Willis perhaps was also the wrong choice as a cinematographer. Because it was like a clutch. Because everything looks beautiful. Mm. So you can't criticize the cinema. Yeah. Yeah. You can't yeah. criticize the cinematography. That if you have somebody else to... Because Gordon Willis, for all he does, has never been a dynamic cinematographer. Like he's a great cinematographer and one of the best... But he's not as versatile as somebody like Roger well, Deakins or uh, he, Papalopoulos and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it's a bit mean to compare him to, to uh, Deakins, I think, from two different eras. Yeah, but, but I mean, like... I, no, but even... No, I think, like, no, that's it's an interesting point within the context of uh, New Hollywood in the 70s. Because there's, like, you know, there are varying styles of cinematography that are going on at that point. Yeah. Some of which is, like, very new wave inspired, very kinetic. Yeah. Whereas that was never Gordon Willis. Gordon Willis was, like, he was old school in a way of how, like, there's movement or whatever. But, like, so much of this is all about framing and lighting. Well, like, and that, Gordon what, what Willis was... learned by David Lean's films. Yeah, like, like but, but it's the... Oliver Twist and stuff. So, yeah. That's what I mean. That is, like, but not criticizing... No, 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 I know what you mean, because, like, the, the, the thing that was Gordon Willis's, like, not calling card, but the thing that made him so interesting at the time was the way he used darkness. Yeah. And, like, you know, and not as much within this film, but definitely within The Godfather, obviously, you know, even yeah. within something like The Parallax View or, like, or Manhattan, even, yeah. the way he uses that black and white photography. No, I think but, he, he's amazing, but I think I, that perhaps, I, I like, it's not you. as kinetic no, as I, it perhaps should be. No, I agree with you, be. because that's not how you would describe him at all, and in a way, that's kind of why I love him, because even within this era, he's sort of, like, he doesn't stand alone, but it's, there's a reason why those movies, they hold up as, like, frame by frame being beautiful and i think he's, that he's a genius don't yeah. get me wrong but, but i that, think for the material kinda, yeah. it might not be a perfect fit because I'm even like think the who... shooting at the end uh, i just keep thinking about the shooting when he brings the rifle and is teaching him how to shoot yeah it's a pan like that's not how to shoot that and i mean yeah. like that if you get somebody that is a like really like uh 
the frame the frame is king as Gordon Willis, and then you get somebody uh, as an actor's director coming out of theater. I'm trying to think who would have been even like um, like some of the guys who work with freaking and stuff like yeah like yeah that'd be yeah even if you add like the dynamic I think that this movie is crying out and Mm. I don't think that I ever said this about another movie (laughs) I think this movie is crying out by fucking rock zooms 70s zooms a little bit this movie just you just want like that little bit more. I do love moving. a rock zoom though. Yeah, yeah. You just <laughs> but you know what I mean. You just but want, it's not Gordon though. That's yeah, okay. yeah. It's so but, funny. Like, well, but even well, like with the panning, or whatever. Like that scene when they're like having the like the the parents are there, or whatever, and he comes in like that dinner scene. Hmm. Great performed. The shots are amazing, but I didn't feel the kineticism because it's not editing is not it's that, like the perfect little so, frame yeah, kind of i thing. think you are actually right because it's so funny that like even if you think of like the most dynamic thing that he does in like all the president's men is like the slow move up within the library of congress yeah like that and it's amazing and it's amazing within that film but like you know it's not kinetic yeah. <laughs> you know like, if you had the camera in between them yeah. And you're you're cutting like to Elliot Gould like kind of looking around and it's like the faces whatever. Yeah. And then you're there. Kind I think of thing. you're maybe like not as crazy as that sounds, but yeah, no, I I no, do. like I, I'm like big yeah. exaggerating for effect, let's say. But even like just on that scene to have that and then like slow it down as he becomes more comfortable within the family unit. Yeah, but I. I because thematically, even like the like, there are bits like when the, she dies or whatever. Like I think the ending is a bit. I, I felt that the movie could have ended like twenty times because it kind of loses itself at the end. I think mm. uh, it, part of it is because you don't really realize what version of New York you're in. You're not. Get, that's why I think again that it would work better as a play because as like a bottle episodes plays usually mm. work better to create a universe that's separate to reality. Yeah. Because uh, you keep being connected back to reality. To reality, and it's also because you don't see the exterior enough. Mm. You know, it's not like the Warriors that you think like you you see this like war zone New York. Yeah, you're very much on the streets for most of that film. Yeah, yeah. like well, this is like so much inside that it's just like the sound effects which are terrible. And <laughs> yeah, then, they really are. Like the fucking pings when <laughs> they shoot the the, the the aluminium things. In a fun Ping. way, though, I like that. Yeah, comedical, but like, <laughs> like ah, uh, I like again. It's one of those movies that I liked, but like the ingredients are there for something so much better. And I think the pro- I'm having such a run of those. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I I am really glad that you liked it though because I was watching this the last day and I was like it might actually break my heart because I just I'd love this movie. <laughs> I, I but at the same time like everything you're saying I completely understand. I don't know what it is about cuz you know like a film where And sorry can... uh, sorry for interrupting uh, but just to come back to something that you said in the in your opening statement mm-hmm. and also that we refer to in possession that you also refer to for possession that the movie never lost lost me yeah it's more that it's strange enough it's like one of those movies that you're sitting thinking about it coming to the podcast and you're thinking why did I not like I can't say I loved it yeah so I was driving around today going like like in my head trying to figure out why mm. and that's why half of it i discovered while talking about it <laughs> i like when that happens to you though because it's yeah it, it's more interesting though because i feel like we have better discussions than 
not that I don't think Possession was a good discussion because that's such an interesting movie even though I hated it although by the way Sam Neill I love you and I am so sorry <laughs> we're all for anyone, celebrity follow for anyone who um who didn't realize uh, Sam Neill follows us I must check if he still follows us um, and uh, he also retweeted uh, our last uh, episode um, so if you haven't listened to our last episode you're on cool um <laughs> But yeah, um, uh, yeah Sam Neil knows who I am. <laughs> yep, that's how we're gonna leave it. Um, I am no, I'm, I am glad that I'm glad that you liked it. Um, uh, what was your your favorite thing though? Uh, Elliot Gould. I think yeah. that uh, it's weird because Elliot Gould is one of those actors that have been forgotten by time. Yeah. He's been in so many great movies and has been great in so many things. And so many people just know him as Ross and Monica's father. Yeah, it's funny, isn't and it? And it's kind of like, I don't know. It's kind of like, I think that it's kind of the career path that he chose. Mm. chose I think. Or just the fact that the 80s and 90s were in the middle. Yeah. And also, it's, I think it's uniquely... Uh, he's a uniquely 70s and 80s actor mm. I think that like if you think about like his face his demeanor his performances his type of acting he couldn't be as good as he was in any other decade or get the roles that he did as main actor in so many <laughs> movies so he's like Walter Matthau in a way that is like just the, the dude that is a good actor but like looks really strange <laughs> it's like tall lanky kind of has a weird voice yeah. right kind of thing like odd face odd hair odd and, clothes and like if there's something that i learned from the long goodbye is that nobody does apathy better than lelia gold <laughs> like uh, it's just it's so perfect uh, but yeah, like I, that would be my favorite thing, and I like the writing is great, and there's mm. so many great moments, and I think their dynamic is really, really good. Uh, I think that it, him, like it picked him over their dynamic itself is because she, like halfway through the movie, she just becomes somebody that needs to be killed. Yeah, not yeah. not as like no, being no. a bad person, but no, it's like, yeah. because it like it, for most has, of the movie, the movie starts to set it up to that. Yes, yeah. rather than develop her character further. So for the first half of the movie, they're kind I'm of like fifty fifty. I'm still really sad whenever she died. Yeah, like uh, it, and it is a like a really tender scene before, and it's kind mm. of like really shits on the idea of like yeah, you shouldn't be uh, optimistic. Uh, yeah. The, uh, the, I like, like that, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, uh, you're a cynic, so, like, it's fine. But, like... Uh, I love this movie and find it quite heartwarming in uh, weird but, ways. But, but I think it's that, like, uh, is that the first half of the movie, they're kind of partners in the movie. That is, like, mm. the movie takes both sides 50-50 kind of thing. And then afterwards, it kind of, like, diverges towards him and he's able to carry the, the performance. And obviously, I do really, really like the two soliloquies as well, like mm. the, the priest and the judge. What's your favorite thing? Probably the writing, just because it's so sharp and so funny. And um, I do love Elliot Gould. I'd like, actually, that's funny that I, I do agree with you that she kind of falls off towards the end, but that their dynamic for say like the first maybe like two thirds of the movie is so great I love and when it's... she goes into the dark room and he just starts ripping the pictures that like he was processing it's like oh this just I, I love even like like her clothes and the way she carries herself and everything and the way they play off each other and like it, it is funny that I haven't seen him like I'm trying to think of like another movie that I've seen recently 
where he's like as in like not even just from this year even from the 80s even where he's young like I can't think of anything that I've watched recently but you forget of like the the sort of range that he has like of the difficulty of what he's doing within this like within this performance and stuff of like portraying apathy without just seeming like that you know it it's a difficult thing and then like having his breakthroughs and everything and it's it's just I love that like she hit the way she hits him the way like it it's just they play off each other so well I love the writing um all those things what's your favorite favorite thing well like I think it's the uh, I, I was saying the cinematography which is uh, it, yeah. sin but, but it's, it's not saying no no I know what you mean but though. it's not saying that it's bad i just think that it's not the cinematography this like if you take the let's say that you said like french new wave yeah if you take like the dynamism of like an early godard movie or something and you yeah but like uh, but like within this kind of thing they yeah. just put like a camera out of a tripod and just floating around even like without cutting too much mm. you know just panning a bit or whatever not going berserk either but even just trying Kin- kinetic, to get you kinetic there. within a, a 70s way yeah like and also like not go over the top either it's mm. just and perhaps i think as well as the i don't know i wasn't on set whatever but it was also like uh, the uh the again talking about roger deakins but this is about something else that he mentioned in dp30 interview i don't know if you've heard about dp30 <laughs> this uh, you, great youtube channel no never um the uh, they asked him why does he work with so many first time directors mm. or like first time like early directors or whatever he says like oh, I just like new ideas whatever and it's because he doesn't like mold like himself into them mm. he tries to like match them. yeah mm. and I think that he said that the reason the way that he picks them is not that they're first time directors it's that directors are willing to argue against him yeah that Rather even though just... he's Roger Deakins mm. that he comes into set and he wants the director to go, no, we're doing it this way. And then he figures out how to do it that way, but the Roger Deakins way. Yeah. But so I perfectly. Think, yeah. But I think, and also like, it's the same as like what John Williams said about you, Spielberg letting him do the music for so many different styles of movies. Mm. That it like, it flexes different muscles that he wouldn't be able to by just being like, brought in like like Hans Zimmer is brought in to do Hans Zimmer soundtracks nowadays you you know what I mean he comes across as such a dickhead as well but the but the thing (laughs) is that like with 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 this I don't feel that the dynamic was there perhaps to like Alan Arkin to impose himself on Gordon Willis or perhaps that he didn't want to because it's like you do the cinematography and I do the actors Gordon Willis was also notoriously an asshole so perhaps <laughs> that's uh, yeah per- perhaps <laughs> say that, that with love but he definitely was perhaps it was that that is like okay who are you to tell me the mm. uh, how to shoot this kind of thing and uh, and i think that gordon willis's better movies are with directors that have like a strong opinion as well yeah and i think that you like francis ford coppola like he's not gonna <laughs> yeah yeah you're, you're gonna have like a, a couple of bottles of wine thrown at you but a very good vintage uh, but yeah like i think that is that the the dynamic perhaps wasn't 
correct or if it was correct it just didn't produce what it needed in the movie mm. i don't know maybe it's like that it was 1971 that if it was 1973 mm. uh, perhaps it wouldn't be as timely but it'll be like two more years of like new hollywood be able to go out and also it's the this is the studio picture. It's kind of like, how how can you say, oh yeah, I'm going to make this studio picture no, and then uh, go bananas yeah, as well. It was the 70s though. Like there was yeah. a certain leeway there within like the studio system. But yeah. Um, what was your least favorite? Sorry. And again, I know that is blasphemy to say. No, that I know. Gordon I'm Willis. letting you away with it. And that means a lot coming from me. Because um, I love Gordon. <laughs> um probably like if I did pick something probably the fall off and the development of her character because she's really great and when he becomes stronger and like the more I think about it now I'm just like it is kind of disappointing because like when the lag kind of comes it's around the time that her her character yeah. becomes like fodder for death and fodder for death <laughs> Uh, yeah and like it's funny I would seek her out now to be honest like I've never seen her in anything else and like, she has an oddly um, she doesn't have a very 70s actress face yeah. if you know what I mean there's something oddly 60s like, about yeah. her um, obviously because it's 1971 so it's not like but uh, yeah so I don't know I'd be interested to see if she came from theatre or uh, like yeah because I think some of the performers anyways were definitely in the original yeah. play so if not all of them so maybe that's and then she just ended up having the same kind of presence or whatever but I wonder, I'd i love to know if she did anything after this because she's really great and I'm, I feel like the movie kind of lets her down a bit I, and I don't know if that's because obviously this is a very straight adaptation so I'd be curious to see as well if that's if it's in the play or you know like I do think that it also like it has to be commented upon but it, again it's a beast of its time that yeah. it's a typical kind of whatchamacallit like uh, old fashioned way of looking at the world that is like the woman is the optimist and the guy yeah. is allowed to be the and she has to fight for him kind of thing like yeah. they're uh, quite common that like even uh Alex asked me when we were watching the movie going like, well, I don't know why she's going for him, but they do make the call that like everybody that she dates are like so on top of her that she finds an interesting somebody that is just yeah, not that she has to fight, fight for, for rather but, than. But at the same time, it's the kind of like very old fashioned filmmaking ways that is like, OK, even though like again i think that it, uh, part of it is the writing but most of it comes from the acting the mm. depth that she brings to it then you think a lesser actress would have made it like yeah. you wouldn't you've it's... realized more the gaps in the script yeah in that sense that is like he's really giving his dues mm. but like he's able to talk about his career but she's not able to talk about her career yeah you get you know? like one reference to it at the yeah start. Th- that it, and it's like what and she is. The fact that it's like 1971 and she has this great job is like you know. Yeah, okay. it is part. Like but, again, what I'm saying that it's mm. like the beast of the time, but it still has. Like, I don't criticize films for it, but they still have to be commented upon because. Yeah. Oh no, no! Similar, like I think I think you thing. are right, but um, yeah, like I, I'm really glad that you liked it though. It's it's um, it is it is nuts, and I I love it for that. <laughs> It's not uh, as nuts as possession. But no, I think but that nothing it... is. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, that was uh, Little Murders. Um, <laughs> I remember the name. <laughs> I was going to say Little Children, Little What? Um, 
<laughs> little where, women. Where can they? Oh, classic. Have you seen Little Women? Yes. <laughs> With Kristen Dist and Winona Ryder and Christian Bale. Winona. Hello, Winona. Ricardo, where can they find us? You can find us on Facebook, The Recommendation Game, on the Twitter, at The Rec Game, The Recommendation Game at Gmail. Don't laugh that I said that to Twitter. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, at The Recommendation Game at Gmail.com. Or back episodes are on the Dublin Digital Radio Mix. Uh, then you can watch it, watch us, listen to us every Monday, 11 to 12 on Dublin Digital Radio. Cool. Next week's movie is Ricardo's pick. Ricardo, what are you picking? Uh, it is Eyes Without a Face. Ooh. Awesome. Well, until then, I was Orlan Martinez. I was Ricardo Deacon. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye.